everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fry Dates with the Wife. In these episodes, my wife and I offer an entrepreneurial couple's perspective on living a more fulfilling and meaningful life. We share our little humble opinions and hopefully make you laugh as we navigate the ups and downs of being entrepreneurs and parents. And speaking of fulfillment, if you want to hire me as your coach, head over to robshowcoach.com, fill out an application, and we'll jump on the call to see if we are a good fit to help you create and design your dream life and business. That's robshowcoach.com. Before we get into today's Friday episode, our next Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind event will be in Dubai and Abu Dhabi for the F1 race on November 16th to the 19th. These trips are designed to get you out of your day-to-day around some amazing entrepreneurs and provide bucket list experiences that will have you coming home re-energized to grow your business and bring your life to a whole new level. Head over to workhardplayhardexperience.com and fill out an application. Okay, let's jump into today's episode. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every 100 days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly, happy Hanukkah, Murgatroyd. You know, everybody thinks I'm Jewish and I get it. I definitely am from New York. I definitely have that kind of New York Jewish vibe. I even have a little bit of Larry David in me at times. But for those of you who ask, no, I'm not Jewish. You're Italian. But then people say, (laughs) well, your name is Murgatroyd and there's no way that That's Italian. (laughs) So I think you are Jewish and I think you're not Italian. So let me set the record straight. I am half Italian. My mother's name is Cecilia DeVito. My dad's family's from the Irish English side and his his name was John Murgatroyd. But that is not why we're here today. Oh, by the way, Kim, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. I am so glad to be here. But is, I, I didn't know what we were doing genealogy today. But that is not why we're here today. We're going to do two things. First, we're going to make a quick comment on all of you who have been sending in your visions. Keep them coming. It's been incredible. Um, and we're going to give some feedback. So here's the feedback. 
a lot of you who are sending the visions in are sending the visions in and you are including how much money you want to make. And it's very, 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 very money centric. And that is not what I recommend that you do. What I recommend that you do as an example, if you write something like I have a seven figure business, I would prefer for you to write something like, not this exactly, but this will give you the idea. I prefer if you wrote something like, I love traveling first class everywhere I go because I meet the most interesting people and I arrive there. I I arrive at my destination very well rested. Because when you hear that, you know that you need to be making some dough to be able to afford those first class tickets. So rather than putting in the amount of money that you want to make, put the reason why you want to make that amount of money. I use an example for first class. Maybe it's clothes for you. Maybe it's putting your kids in private school. I don't know. You know how, you know how to spend money. You know what you want. Talk about that. So that's my feedback. So keep those uh, visions coming in. Kim, what's your feedback before we get to the topic? So this was all about manifesting, right? The purpose of writing this vision is to manifest. And the fastest way to manifest is to ask why you want something. The fastest way to halt the manifest is to ask how. And so if you have in your vision, I want to make seven figures, I want to make X amount of dollars or whatever it is, your brain when reading that is going to say, as soon as you get to that dollar amount, your subconscious or your brain is going to go, how? I'm going to make seven figures. How? Like you can't, you literally can't not do that. You know, like that's just human. And that's not the purpose of this. This isn't writing your goals in story form. This is writing your dream life. So you're not wanting seven figures, a million dollars or whatever, so you can roll around in it or count it at your leisure. You want it because you think it's going to give you certain things in your life. So start with the what you want your life to look like. Dream. I, I think it's easiest to say, you know, you open your eyes in the morning. What type of bed are you in? Do you care? Are you someone that cares about thread count of sheets or the type of mattress? Where are you in the world? Where are you on vacation? Are you in a new um, location? Are you living somewhere different? Go through your day because when you go through your day, you're not checking your bank balance every six seconds. You're not um, counting cash on the side. You're going through your dream life, okay? So start with that. And then if you need to handle the money part of it, I really highly recommend instead of doing six figures, seven figures, eight figures, whatever, instead of doing that, take that dream life and go through the dream life budget and write everything down. How much does your house cost? How much is insurance? How much is your car? How much is private school for your kids? How much is all the things? How much do you want to spend dining out? How much do you want to spend on groceries, clothes? Every, in a dream world, how much would you spend on all of this stuff? And then add that number up, include your savings, include your taxes, all of it. Add that number up and see how much you really need because Rob and I thought we needed millions to live our dream life. And then we found out it was 600,000. <laughs> and we were like, well, shit, that's way more doable. And, and then we hit our goal, you know, year over year. So it's, 
it's not about the arbitrary number. And I know, I know people are listening to this and they're like, yeah, but to get those things, I need the money. Right, you do. But you're manifesting the life. You're not manifesting the money. You're manifesting the life. And that life costs money. So to manifest the life, the money is gonna flow. Yeah, so here's here's what'll happen. Once you get really, really clear on the life that you want, then your brain goes to work to figure out how to get the money to to have the life that you want. It's not the reverse. It's not the once you figure out the million dollars that you want, then your brain figures out the life. It's it's not how it works. You gotta be really clear about the why you want it. Okay. Because wait, one more thing. I'm so sorry. I'm just hijacking. The people that I know that chase the money never stop chasing the money. First, it's it's 100,000, then it's 500,000, then it's a million, then it's 2 million, then it's 10 million. And they're not living their dream life because they're, the bar always is raised. I did a million this year, let's go for two next year. That's, that's an arbitrary number. This is not about that. We're talking about building and living your dream life. So plus, plus it's a lot more fun too. Let, let's, let's say that you hit the big goal that you want, right? And you craft this vision of exactly what it looks like. And then you say... Okay, I did it. I want something different. And then let's say that you, you know, you keep growing and growing. Your new vision may be I want a home in Saint-Tropez and I want a yacht. Like I and that vision may be like I see myself, you know, spending the summers and having, you know, living in a French chateau and having lunch on the Chateau You know what I mean? Like that may be your thing and there's nothing wrong with that as long as your story doesn't mean doesn't isn't written I made 10 million dollars this year so I can live an amazing life. That there's no juice in that. But if you're if you're into boats and you're into Saint-Tropez and you're a, you're a francophile, there you go. Okay, so- What are we talking about today? Who the fuck knows? Because that wasn't it. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't it. We are, uh, we're talking about, we, we had an interesting conversation and what we try and do on these, uh, on these podcasts is talk to you. There's really two areas that we talk to you about. One is something that is barely incubated. And the other one is where we know what the fuck we're talking about, like the vision. This is not the vision where we know what the fuck we're talking about. This is the so opposite. So we're, we're just gonna ramble this morning? No, we're gonna, we're gonna let them know that there is, you know, for those of you who have been listening to the show from the beginning, you've listened to us move from Atlanta and retire from chiropractic into living, a, you know, a surfing Southern California lifestyle to living a Florentine lifestyle in Italy. So, you know, you're able to see from the beginning how these how these ideas, these kernels of ideas turn into reality. So I think it's important to continue to share these things because the the messages we get all the time from people are, I've been following you guys for years. I remember when you were a chiropractor in Atlanta and, and now look at you, right? So I want you guys to come along. Okay, so the latest thing that we're starting to realize is that I need therapy. <laughs> and the therapy I need is Kim- Retail therapy? Not retail therapy. I got enough of that. Kim has been pointing out some interesting observations. It's very hard when you're in your own skin to sort of see observations. So when you have a, a, a smart wife and a, a good wife and you know she shares her opinions about things- Somehow I feel like there was a little shade on that one, but okay. No, there was no shade. There was no shade. So 
you know, she said, you know, look, I, there's a, you're, you're a different guy here. You're a different guy here than, than you were in, in Italy, than you were in the States. I said, what do you mean? She said, I don't know. You were just like, you were super checklisted with everything you do. Like, you know, like you had like a checklist, like wake up at 6 a.m. and brush your teeth and which I did. I know it's a, it's a, it's a thing. No, no, no. Let <laughs> me elaborate. He, here's the thing. Rob is writing right now what could possibly turn into a really phenomenal book. And I was telling him that I think there's so much depth in what he could be writing about. And it's not just moving to Italy and the surface stuff that there is a a transformation going on in this man right now. And what I'm seeing from the, it's always easier to see somebody else's you know, life uh, clearly than it is to see your own. But what I see is when we, as long as I've known him, he's survived off a checklist. Wake up, brush my teeth. I like, I joke about this, but he literally, I mean, he's 55 years old. He brushes his teeth every morning. Why is it gotta be on a checklist? He would go through and his entire day was on a checklist. He was back to back booked where he was always late. He was always behind he was always running into the kitchen, trying to grab a snack, uh, making the next appointment five minutes late because he's scarfing down something or whatever, and living in certainty. And quite honestly, walking around, like I joke with him and I was like, you used to walk around like you were twitching. Like he would twitch as he walked around because he would wake up and he would have this checklist that went from like, let's say 5 a.m., to two. And he would put in an entire workday, all of his personal stuff. So at two o'clock, he could go and be free bird and, you know, do whatever he wanted for the rest of the day, go down to the beach when we were in California, ride his bike, do his beach workout or whatever, surf or whatever is going to happen. But up until that moment, it was like twitching. Then he would go do that. And then every day he'd come home at the exact same time. And on his checklist, it was like, play with Sophia, you know, have dinner with family, connect with Kim. But I'm, am I exaggerating that these things were literally on a checklist? No, but to give context to this split personality that you're listening to Sybil right now, um, <laughs> what I would try, I, I would, I would get very upset that, you know, if I, if I didn't get up before um, Kim and Sophia, then I would get up and it would be, it'd be a shit show. It'd be like, you know, get dressed. You, you, you get the kid, I get the kid. We got to go to the bus stop. We got it. And none of the things that were important to me, journaling, whatever would get done. So I had like a magic, you know, 60 minutes at the time. So it was like, okay, from seven to seven ten, I am going to, Brush my uh, teeth. I'm going to be, it's going to be coffee slash, br- you know, brush teeth slash coffee, whatever. And then 710 to 720, it's going to be this. And it was my way of taking all these disparate things that were around me that were important to me and trying to be, uh, trying to get them all in so that they were done. And I had a sense of accomplishing all the things that were important to me during that hour. And then I knew that I had coaching calls or I had, you know, Zoom, various different Zooms I need to do. And I needed to make sure that they were back to back. But I, but I cluster booked them on top of each other so that when the day end, when, when I, so that 
I had the time in the afternoon before I began the family evening to have that time for me. So it was this, it, on, on the one hand, it was genius in that I got everything done that I wanted to get done. But on the other hand, he looked like he had smoke coming out of his ears and he was like having a small seizure all day. It wasn't, it, it actually was, not, it, was a, it was efficient, but not effective. And then, but he would come home and I'm not kidding. It would be like, okay, it's Sophia playtime. And then it was Kim connect time. And then like everything was like blocked in a schedule, which again, effective, great. So we come here and the realization that I had is I said to him yesterday, I said, do you still have a checklist? that you do day to day? And he said, no. I said, because there are some days where he wakes up at, I don't even know what time because he's out of the bed before I wake up. And there's other days he sleeps till nine. <laughs> and then there's, you know, a, a, like every day is different. Like on Friday this past week, he does an Insta story. We walk out of our house, he does an Insta story and he goes, today's the day we spend all day together on the Insta story. And I was like, what? I was like, we're spending all day together today. Like, I didn't even know because he's not following a, a like a routine. Like you, you could have killed him easily because he was in the same place at the same time all the time. He was, he was like a train running in Germany. You know, he was all, oh, except it would be always five minutes late, but consistently five minutes late. But the certainty of his day to day to day, it's like on Sunday we do this and on Friday we do this. But here he is leaning into uncertainty and variety and there's no checklist and he's not twitching and he's more successful in not just business, but he's more connected to me and to Sophia and it just to himself, I think, and to friends without a checklist here. And it's a beautiful transformation to watch. Well, thank you. And I think, uh, I think the interesting thing to help people is to sort of talk about why that is. And I'm in the process of figuring that out. And this book I'm writing is sort of a self-discovery of a lot of that. But here's a few points um, that I want to give. And some of these things you'll be able to apply, you know, I don't know everybody's circumstance and I don't know how exactly to tell you to apply it. So hopefully me giving you this generic blueprint right now will help you. I think having awareness of things creates mm -hmm. the, the shift. Yeah. So you don't need to be in Italy to have this, but I think having the awareness that you're walking around, you're always late, you're always twitching and like, or whatever their version is of this, I think is, is helpful. Yeah. So, okay. So, so two things. One is if I were to describe sort of the overall theme of what Kim was saying, I had a conversation with somebody last night at a party and they really helped me out with this. And, you know, basically what he said to me was, it sounds like you're really rebalancing your life. And the word rebalance stuck with me. It struck me too, because that's what it feels like. I felt, even though I didn't quite, like if you were to ask me what, what Kim just described back in LA with the, the overscheduled Rob, if you would have asked me, um, do I think I'm out of balance? My answer would have been, no, I'm perfectly in balance. Look, from seven to eight, I'm here. From eight to nine, I'm there. From three to four, I'm playing with the kid. From but, four to five, I'm doing right, this. But that, in your defense, you were pushing in all areas of life. You were getting your body in. You were getting you know time with me, time with Sophia. 
but it was like, it was almost like it was overwhelming and stressful for you where here it feels like a natural flow and it feels like you, you do it because you want to do it here versus there, you did it because it was on your checklist. Well, that, that then led me into thinking about things and saying, okay, well then why is it, why does it feel different to me by being in this location? And it sort of made me realize that I think there's three things. There's nature, nurture, and neighborhood, right? Nature, you know, it's just basically, you know, how you were born, what your DNA is, et cetera. And nurture is how your parents raised you and what your environments were like. But there's also a third thing, which is neighborhood. And I think the neighborhood that you're in really dictates how you react to certain things. And if you think about, you know, um, being in an environment like we're in right now, where people really, really care about the small little interactions that they have with you. When I go to, you know, I learned something the other day from, from one of these baristas at the coffee shop. And uh, the term for taking coffee to go is porta via, right? It's like portable via means street. So it's like you're taking it away. And it's not really done here in Italy. And I said, well, you have these little paper cups, you know, to go cups. He said, yeah, but that was more for COVID. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, the coffee shops we would open, but nobody was allowed to be in it. So we just gave it to him. He said, so it's not a thing here. People just, they come to get coffee. So I thought about, well, when well, I was they in the- go, They go, explain what that means because they go and they stand at the bar and they drink their espresso or their coffee and then they leave and they don't sit. They all stand at the bar next to each other, chatting and whatever. It's a community. Yeah. There's and a, then they leave. There's a chit chat between the people sipping the coffee and a chit chat, just like if you went to a bar and you sat at the bar stool in America, you'd talk to the bartender. It's the same kind of thing. So it's a, it's a conversational thing. Well, when you're in, when that is your, and I'm putting quotes over the word neighborhood, when you're in a neighborhood like that, you... It's it's really, really difficult to say, I'm going to do that from 7 a.m. to 7.15 a.m. Because you kind of don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know how long the conversation is going to go with the person at the bar. And you don't really want it to be scheduled. No, you could schedule it. You don't want to schedule it. You could say the same thing. You're going to go to Starbucks. You're going to sit down. Who knows who you're going to meet? Because you weren't open to that in the US because you had a schedule. I asked him the other day, I said, I said, if if Michele, who is our attorney, who is also our dear friend, called you right now and said, Rob, let's go to lunch, and you had 17 things on your schedule, would you shift your schedule around and meet him for lunch? And the answer is- Yeah, and that- this And is, would you have done that in California? No, I wouldn't. In fact, if you said, hey, look, can we get together? I'd open my calendar and I'd say- I How's can, next Thursday? How does Thursday at seven o'clock sounds, right? Because that's because it's efficient. But there is, again, pointing back to neighborhood, there is a way here. I'm using coffee as an example, but there's a thousand I can give you. There is a way of life that's done here that is more human. You know, when you really think about the things that matter, right? We all want to make a bunch of money. Yes, you need money. You're not surviving anywhere without money. And the more you can automate your income, the better, the better your life is going to be because you have freedom to do what you want. But 
The simple pleasures of life, the simplicity of life, the things that make you feel good are so simple. It's the conversation with your wife, playing with your kids, good food, good sex, good conversation with your friends, feeling like you matter, feeling like life is, is your life is, uh, is well spent. Those things are quite simple and there's not a lot to it. When I think about, you know, what I, the life I was living in LA, I, I was trying to, I don't know, manufacture or craft something that was so future-based that my life was just passing me by because I was planning for the big day, right? The big day where, you know, you sell the company, you make the $10 million, et cetera. Here, it's, this environment is so different because like when you walk down the streets and you see these beautiful buildings, you stop for a moment and you admire the beauty. When you go into the coffee shop, you stop for a moment, you have a conversation. It demands your presence. It demands your presence. And when you get, I think we just uncovered something here in this therapy session. When you- I'll send the bill. Thank you. When you get a hint of, well, I don't, I don't want to schedule this. I don't want to change this. I like the spontaneity and I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm a certainty guy. I am not a guy that really just likes to go with the flow or I, I actually, I don't even identify with that anymore. I feel like I'm more, I'm becoming more of the kind of guy who likes to go with the flow and to see where the day takes me. And for me, that is a fucking gift. There's a lot of stress with being so wound up that you have no time for anything because you're just going boom, 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 trying to get things done. And having that simplicity of life unfolds around you is a rebalancing of your humanity. And there's, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably read a few of the stories that I've written about being here. And if you look at the thread of all of those stories, they're all simple. They're all just about how a waiter did this, how a garbage man did that, how a tailor said this. And that level of humanity, spontaneity, humanness is something that just clicks inside of your soul and your body knows it when it sees it and you want more of it. Okay, so we should just write that down and that's your book. <laughs> you just... You just verbalized. That's what it is. And, you know, I'm going to give you a, a compliment. Thank you. That I think we can all learn from because I just had a little aha moment here listening to you. In a world right now where everybody is so obsessed with a label, I'm an Enneagram this, I'm a, a, a co-conspirator. That's not it. I don't even know. The, the million personality you say, test. You say co-conspirator? No, I don't know what the, I, don't, I, I didn't take the personality test. Right. I don't know. I'm an achiever. I'm a like. Oh, you mean, the, you mean when you do a personality test, right. you get like. I'm All a, the labels. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an architect. I'm an architect. I'm right. a co-conspirator, <laughs> whatever. Okay. I feel like a, I feel like this is like the JFK assassination, it is. and you like you're, it is. You're, you're you're what we're watching the Zapruder Zapruder film. You are so, but in a world right now where everyone needs a label and people are obsessed 
obsessed with the labels. I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. Okay. Rob was a diva, right? And you were a lot of things. You, we always have said, I'm a certainty junkie. You know, you, not me. I like this. I like certainty and all of that. You stepped into this second chapter of your life or third chapter. I don't even know where we're at now. And we're willing to release the labels. And a lot of times people are like, oh, no, 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 no. I wouldn't like that because I am fill in the blank. And I think that it's really important to be able to release these labels that we have have become completely obsessed with figuring ourselves out. And the more labels that we have, the more we know who we are. But what if you could release all of it like you just did and step into the present and just enjoy and step into a new life? Like I never thought in a million years that my certainty junkie husband would not have a schedule. And you don't. And you're happier. And I think we have just gone above and beyond the the trying to find who we are. And we forgot that we live in a present life and that you can be anything you want. And when you're like, think about when the people at home, when you're at home, how do you act? How do you act around your kids? How do you act? And this is to your point of neighborhood, Rob. How do you act around your kids? How's your interaction with your partner, your spouse? How do you act in your community? And then think about a time where you were on vacation in an amazing place. How did you act around your kids? How did you connect with your partner? And how did you connect with the people around? And I would bet that they are two different people. And I would say that everybody has this in them. Like you always see the story of like, on TV of like the the New York uptight businesswoman who is all one way and then she goes to Jamaica and she like lets her hair down and engages with people. Like that that's true if you allow it. And I think allowing yourself to strip the labels of who you think you are and be open to becoming something else is genius. And that's what I just learned from, from your monologue. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I, I also think, you know, there's, um, there's a, there's a, there was a great commercial. I don't remember what it was for, but it was a, it was a woman, you know, in a business suit and she's flying to Rome and she's got a business meeting and she walks into, you know, the, the building where the business meeting is. And then um, she comes out of the building and she's got, you know, uh, a Safil around a little kerchief around her neck. She's got big black glasses. She's got a, you know, a mini skirt and she jumps into an Alfa Romeo with a man and she goes off. She kind of like looks back in, at the camera and it's like one in Rome. And inside of us, there is a different person than we are letting out. And I, I can't stress this enough. And I'm, I'm hesitant. I'm really hesitant to even share this because I know that there are people that are listening, you know, saying, well, you know, what am I supposed to do um, about, you know, my current, my current situation um, that I'm in? And I, 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 but I do feel compelled to share this. I do think that where you are largely dictates how you react to things. I think we give a lot of importance 
to what we wanna do and how we wanna do it, but not a lot of importance to the where. And for me, the where was prior to Italy, the where was California. I was like, I wanna be there. And it worked, right? It gave me what I wanted. I felt every night I sat there and my vision was, you know, we sit under the stars and we sip, you know, a glass of wine and I, you know, wear a hoodie and we have a conversation and, and, and it, it worked, but there were other components of it that were still missing that I didn't really understand were missing because I was getting the thing that I asked for. But instead of getting a thousand things, I got like one, two or three things. But making the move and changing so radically the way we did, where everything is different. You know, we're like living in the city that's, you know, that has, you know, everything from medieval to Renaissance to Baroque um, periods of time that that energy is palpable and it changes you. So with that said, I really think that if you're in a place where you're happy-ish, that you should dream about what your life could look like in a different situation. Just give it some thought. If you say, you know, I'm in, you know, Akron, Ohio, and I love it because my, you know, my grandparents are here and my, you know, my my in-laws are here or whatever, and I really, really, you know, love that, then then great. That's fine. But if you, if there's a part of you that's like, it's, something's missing. I'm just, I'm not happy where I am. Like I have a, I have a client, an old coaching client who was in a place that she just wasn't happy with. And she just moved uh, to Southern California now. And she's like a different person. She is so happy. Your environment affects you. Your environment, like I can't say this enough. And, uh, and again, I'm hesitant to say it because I, I'm, I don't want to oversell Italy because it's not for everybody. Like I had a conversation with my attorney last night about it. And he said, you know, it's a pleasure talking to you guys. And I said, why? He said, because you, you're not complaining about all the things that my clients complain about. And I said, like what? He said, oh, they say the, the Wi-Fi is too slow and the air conditioning is not cold enough. And when I go to the, the grocery store in the afternoon, they're closed for lunch. But those things don't seem to bother you. And um, one of the other guys was there um, who moved right around the same time we did. And he said, you know, I, and he was in LA too. He's in the movie business. And he said, you know, I said, if you were back in LA and you went to the pharmacy at one o'clock and there was a sign on the pharmacy door that said, we're closed. For lunch. We'll be back in two and a half hours. (laughs) What would you do? He said, I would have lost my fucking shit. I said, yeah. I said, now, have you had that experience here? He said, all the time. I said, does it bother you? He goes, no. I just go, oh, they're closed. And- because you know what you should be doing during lunch is eating lunch. Well, then the attorney, Michele, said to me, why is that? Why are you, why is it different here for you than it was there? And the two of us really struggled for an answer. And it was that the totality of where we are has changed the depth of us so much that it's actually rewired us in some weird way we have accepted the good with the bad because in order to get all this good, you have to have the bad with yeah, it. But, it. But here, it, this is a different conversation altogether, but it's not bad. If anything, like I had this conversation when um, you had your work hard, play hard uh, mastermind here in Milan and Lake Como about this exact thing with lunch. In America, we work through it. 
you eat lunch at a desk. You can you 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 scarf down whatever you can while you're working. America is the the home of the working lunch. In Italy, they say everyone deserves to take a break, to go home, have a great meal, possibly a glass of wine if they choose. And so it's what, what you're doing is you're not looking and going oh, this is so frustrating. Mm. You're not trying to make this America. You're seeing what they're doing as something that's actually quite envious. And now there are other things that we see, like going to the government offices or Post Italia that are mind-numbing. But, you know, that's the good and the bad. But the things like things being closed, I think we are just, we are not trying to make this America. And when you travel, and I know this podcast just took a left down a different path, but when you travel, if you can do your best to not try to make the destination you're in meet the rules that you have for yourself at home, I think that would be really helpful because we see that a lot, Rob, where people are like, why does it take so long to get food? And why is this? And why is that? Well, because you're in a different place. So enjoy it, right? Yeah, I mean, really, really what you just gave me, I'm writing this down here because you just gave me something good. Um, when, when, to use the example, when the store is closed at lunch, you embrace it because you've, you've come to understand that closing the store at lunch, you know what their family is doing. They're going home, they're having lunch, maybe a glass of wine, maybe taking a nap refreshing themselves. And I'll circle back to what we started this podcast with, which is that there's a rebalancing mm -hmm. of priorities. So I no longer look at the closed store as what kind of idiot runs a business that closes in the middle of the day. A chiropractor. I, I <laughs> That's funny. I now look at it as, oh, he's with his family. That makes sense. And when I get to a restaurant now early and I see them all eating together, because we have to, Kim makes me get to the restaurant opens at eight. Kim makes me get Kim, there at, at seven o'clock. No, so, they open at <clears throat> seven and I make you get there at 6.59. And when I'm when I'm there at 6.59, they're still eating with their, you know, their, their the rest of their crew. And by the way, they're not eating to know what's on the menu that night and to sample it, they're eating because you should have dinner and not be forced to scarf something down on a 12 minute break. Okay, this one, far no, left. It, it didn't go far left. It didn't? No, it didn't go we're far good? left. It it actually, what we're doing is we're, we're having a conversation to allow people to consider that there are certain things that are going on in their life right now that may be working great and may be working like, eh, kind of working or may not be working at all. And we're giving them different perspectives that they can look at to consider why that is. And here's the, here's the point. Efficiency versus effectiveness is important. We are human beings and we are wired to respond in certain ways. We are respond, we are wired to uh, we're sexual beings. We're 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 wired to respond to, and I'll broaden this. We're wired to respond to great wine, great conversation, great sex, romance, flirting. We are human. We're also wired to look at art from people 
from, you know, everything repeats, you know, history has been around thousands and thousands and thousands of years. All these things repeat. So when you learn about art, you, you can look at, you can look at your own life through the art that you just looked at from 700 years ago. All of these things are what creates fulfillment. So you could be effective and say, I'm going to do this, 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 and this today. But if you don't embrace those simple pleasures of life, you're not going to be awake. You know, we're talking about, you know, in politics in America, everybody's talking about who's woke. The only reason why people talk about who's woke is because everybody's fucking asleep. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what the hell it means either. It's 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 a play on I've woken up. Please right? don't take this as anybody here is woke or unwoke. I don't, oh, I don't, I don't I know. Give What's the opposite of woke? Sleeping? Uh, an egg yolk. I have no idea. But anyway, so hopefully I know this, this podcast was a bit of a babble um, and I forewarned you that it was. And I would love to know your thoughts on it because these are some ideas. And this is the way ideas work. You know, we just, we start and we just kind of go back and forth and we start pulling nuggets out of it. So that's it, everybody. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.